0: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This is the Go Birds Podcast.
1: The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook, the Parks Picks pod. I'm back, eh? How you doing, buddy?
2: It's just good to hear that. I feel like I haven't heard the, you know, the <laughs> Go Birds intro and honestly feels like forever. So it's uh, you know, it's good to hear your voice. I haven't even really talked to you since you got back from your uh, you know, five day excursion <laughs> off into Fishland. Yeah. let alone yes. on an Eagles pod or, or in the Go Birds radio show. So it's yeah. just good to uh Good to hear your voice. Good to be back and a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, so much to talk about. And and for those, you know, we have been a little, you know, all over the place lately, the end of summer, you know, things going on. But but we are, like, officially back now. Elliot and I are going to be on WIP tomorrow. So Thursday, whenever you're listening to this, Thursday the 19th. And Friday the 20th in for the midday mm. show. Boom! Four hours of us each day, 10 to 2 each day. So check that out. And then our normal show on Saturday, And we're back. Like, we're back in the full swing. It's going to be the normal pods when the season gets going. We're going to have the reaction pod, the preview pod, the Parks Picks pod. So, if you've been feeling a little uh, missing us, which, you know, probably haven't. Neglected, maybe? Yeah, neglected's a better way to put it. It's over. It's done. Our, 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 Our time off is done. We're here. It's go time, Elliot.
2: It's like you're spending all this time with Emily, and it's like, why? You know, like it's, it's training camp time. Like, what? Yes. Where are your priorities? Yes, at?
1: Emily knows that once the season starts, it's over, <laughs> and then, like, all yes. right, you don't have a husband for three months, so we tr- we're trying to get it in while we can.
2: <laughs> so, so before we get into Eagles, because there's yes. a lot to get into, yes. I just have to ask, how was how was? The
1: oh, first Elliot, it was so awesome. It was like just. Awesome! Like, exactly what I was hoping for. It was a blast. It was an amazing three night run. The shows were great. The the, it was on the beach. I was watching fish with sand under my feet. It was awesome. Mm. It was it was a a, a genuinely awesome weekend.
2: So on Sunday morning, uh, I woke up and I was getting ready to text you. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to a show again tonight (laughs) like that. That just can't be true. But you did, so I you did. went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, right?
1: and last Wednesday too. So four shows in five days, and three in a row. Yes.
2: Yeah. Hear, hear the same? Did you hear the same song twice? Uh,
1: only one song. They played one song twice. Okay. So, and well, it was. Well, I feel like at one. that point they should not play any of them twice. Well, yeah, you would figure, but you know, I got, I got one, I got one that I heard on on Wednesday that I also heard over the weekend, but that was it. Not too bad. Is, but none of the, the stock, three
0: shows the in AC.
1: Now? No, what'd you say? Is the stock down on no, fish? No, no, wow. way up. They, they, earmuffs, they fucking crushed. They just okay. crushed. Right. They were awesome. Like they sounded so good. So, yeah, stocks way up. Way well, up.
2: Good news. Your description of fish is basically how the Eagles have been. Oh, so. all
1: right. Let's get into this. Cause again, you know, we never lie to the Go Birds listeners. Like I was out of, of everything this weekend. My whole world was fish in Atlantic City and all my friends who were there. And and obviously my wife, our 10th anniversary, we had the best time. But I was as out as I've been on the Eagles in a while. I've obviously paid a little attention. You know, I know that someone made another particularly great catch. I know that, you know, some things are going down. Yeah, our boy. Is he our boy? That's one of the things we got to get into. Well, we'll talk. Yes, so we'll talk yes. So so how about this, Elliot? We How about this? I think this is the move because I was away. I need to be. Um, you know, informed, so to speak. Why don't you tell me what I missed this week? You, you got some some things I missed this week for me with Eagles Pats Camp? Yeah.
2: So I wrote down five things Love that it. you
1: missed. Love I it. I actually
2: just just wrote a six down, too. Good, because so, we don't want to
1: infringe on the top five at five thing anyway. You know, we don't need. No. well, I don't that... even know what that is. Exactly. So. We don't even care about right. that. It's it's the six we're calling it. Yes.
2: All right, so let's talk. Let's talk first. Should we go with the sexy Jaylen.
1: six or no? Is that not?
2: Okay. Mm, well, it is a sexy six. I will say that because <laughs> they're they're all very positive. So I like I think it. That you will enjoy this. The sexy um,
1: six. Lay them on me. All
2: right. Number one is just Jalen Hurts. I think the last two practices were huge days for let's him. Let's go. Right. I just. And look, I've been, I think, very honest about when Jalen Hurts has had bad days, right? Like, so Go Birds Radio, you weren't here on Saturday, but I said at the beginning of Go Birds Radio, there's times that I look at Jalen Hurts and I'm like, maybe he's just not good enough, right? But I think these last two practices were probably the best look we've gotten at Jalen Hurts since, you know, really even including last year, when you consider the fact that he's now the starter and he's getting the reps as a starter, and he was he was just really good, and it really brings me back to when Carson Wentz in 2017 went up against the Miami Dolphins. He was coming off his rookie year. He had a rough start to training camp, uh, and the Dolphins came in, and for two days Carson Wentz lit it up. I went back and I looked at his training camp stats from those practices, those two days. He was 45 of 60 with six touchdowns, no interceptions, and just annihilated the Dolphins. And I remember watching those practices and saying, all right, this guy's going to be legit. And I picked the Eagles to win the NFC East pretty much just off those practices. Right? Right. I got those same feelings watching Jalen hurts wow, these last two days
1: buddy his
2: buddy. numbers were not his numbers were not as good he was 27 of 39 with five touchdowns he had two interceptions and a seven on seven drill but both of them were pretty accurate passes one of them was dead accurate the other one was a little high but they bounced off the hands of the receivers and were intercepted so they count it's on Jalen but I don't think saying he had two interceptions in two days gives an accurate depiction of how he played. I mean, look, I I can just run down the list if you want, but he was, he was accurate. Like for all the worry about his ability to pass the ball and to do it consistently, like he's been doing more and more of that. And I thought these Patriot practices were kind of the peak of like a week of improvement from him, a slow week of improvement. Uh, He just, he dropped back in the pocket. He was picking the Patriots apart across the field, hitting him on the sideline. He had a 50-yard touchdown to Jalen Rager. And then where it really showed that he was in his zone and playing well was they had red zone on Tuesday. And red zone is a... Portion of the of, you know, a drill that in training camp, he's not been playing well and to the point where I went back and looked at how they did in the red zone last year with Jalen and it was it was pretty good. So, you know, it was weird to me that they were struggling so much in red zone with Jalen as the quarterback, but against the Patriots, he was really good. He had four touchdowns on uh, Tuesday's practice, three of which went to Dallas Goddard. And he just, he looked really confident. He had a really nice play in the red zone where he rolled out to his right. He saw the, so first of all, before the snap, he saw the defender coming, pointed it out on the blitz, rolled out to his right, and hit Jalen Rager in the front corner for what should have been a touchdown. The ref said that Jalen was out. I thought he was in. Other people around me thought he was in. But regardless, it was a great read and throw from Jalen Hurts. So he was just, I mean... There's no other way to put it. Like, he was just really, really good. And I think it was extremely encouraging because this is the best look we've gotten at him so far. All
1: right. This is a very sexy start to the sexy sex. Yes. I, I love it. Yes. Um. Yeah, look, I, I think you're seeing it, first and foremost, to your point uh, that you just made about the last couple of days of Patriots practice, you could even see Patriots beats. I mean, what I have seen on Twitter and whatnot, like, even Patriot beats have been impressed with Jalen Hurts. This is not a, mm-hmm. a local thing or whatever. So this is a, a pretty standard read on what happened the last few days that Jalen Hurts really did look good and certainly look better than Cam Newton or Mac Jones or anyone in there. So that that's exciting. And and at least I haven't spoken on the pod since the, the game last Thursday night. And I know he didn't play a lot, but we've talked a lot about the potential for Jalen Hurts to just be a gamer, to be one of those guys who, when the lights go on, when there's another team in town for a practice or a game or whatever he just has that extra level that that he kind of is able to reach and to go to and that um you know he's he seems he seems my, my big takeaway from that night obviously a couple darts I thought he looked really good you know two series you don't get that much from it but the poise man like the poise mm-hmm. the poise that this guy has when the, when a game is happening when things matter is impressive to me and at that position, that skill to be able to have poise, calm under fire, to be able to to really feel or seem relaxed and comfortable in that pocket and and your decision making is definitive and decisive and all that. Like I've been I've been really impressed with that aspect of Hurts and the more we talk about it, the more we see him in these situations, I really do think the gamer thing could be true. I think he's a gamer, man.
2: And and What really stood out, too, was the play that I mentioned where he threw it to Rager for what should have been a touchdown. The refs called him out, but again, I thought it was a touchdown. Uh, Came in a portion of practice where... It was 11-on-11, 11 11, starters versus starters, uh, all the players watching. So if you weren't out on the field, you were watching the drill. And that Rager play was the last play of what was a four-play drive where he took them right down the field. He went four for four. I think he hit Fulgham, Ertz, and Sanders, and then obviously Rager for the final one. So you can see that when like the moment's big and people are watching, he does step up. A question for you, because I didn't get to talk to you about Thursday night's game because you know you were off with Emily doing God knows what, <laughs> 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 um, what did what did you think of how his accuracy looked on Thursday? Night? I thought it was good. Like I
1: didn't have any problems with it. I, you know, I, I, the there was one dime that uh, I don't remember who we throw it to, but it was just Goddard. A, the Goddard throw was like a. A perfect. Throw. This like, is
2: how I know you, you've you been checked out, which I do for days and, some, and like it's hard to get checked back in. But the Goddard throw is being discussed okay. at that level. <laughs>
1: like, yeah.
2: Because that throw like, was amazing. It, like,
1: what a dime that throw. Yeah. And also, the it de- was a great throw. Yeah. And the decision making, too. You know, that one play where he's kind of gets chased out of the pocket and he's looking to look and look and throws the ball away. Like, that was something we saw him do last year. And coming off Carson, you know, and the way he was playing, it felt so fresh and new. But I think that's part of his game. I think he's smart with the decisions like that. And that was another thing that stood out to me.
2: Well, one thing he does is he definitely hits guys in stride. And you can see that when catchable he's Catchable ball, right? He throws a yes, catchable
1: yeah. ball. Like the tip down, it like kind of just lofts its way into their hands. That was something Carson wasn't as good at.
2: Yeah. So before we move on to number two, I'm back in. Jalen Hurts, 35 total touchdowns, might be conservative. Like he was that good. So Well, I'm, I'm and also, good. No, I was going to say, I mean, I think all offseason, we've both been high on Hurts, but I would say I definitely have been, and I'm I feel very, feeling very good about me saying I think Hurts is going to be yeah,
1: good. Yeah, the official position of this podcast has been and still will be that we believe in Jalen Hurts. And also, it was nice, and I don't know if this is just that the Eagles finally decided that you know, they're, they're going to move forward with Hurts or whatever. but he, and, and granted, it's the players, so maybe it wasn't even a team decision. But all these stories starting to come out about how he's, he's yeah. you know, owning this locker room. He's won everyone over. People really believe in him. Like, that, that's what I want. I want those stories. Like, enough with the Eagles are interested in Deshaun Watson crap. Like, give me these stories. Give me Jalen Hurts is winning over the locker room. Jalen Hurts is the guy. His teammates believe in him. Like, more of that. That was awesome to see, too. All right, what's number two on the sexy sex?
2: All right. So speaking of official stances of the pod, yes, James. Yeah, uh, we might we might end up bowing Jalen Rager in. A oh,
1: day. buddy, is this is his pod? All right. So again, I've I've been checked out, but I obviously saw the the catch. The the yeah, you know, the, the people are losing their minds. So Beckham two point oh. Um, it was a nice catch. It was a pretty damn good catch. Yeah,
2: he's been good. He's been good. And you know, last year with Jalen Rager, I really thought. And, you know, there was obviously his production wasn't great. He got hurt. Like all the things we've talked about at length, the Justin Jefferson thing. Right. But what, what really stood out to me is just there were just so few moments where you're like, he looks special. I guess like the catch against Washington, like, you know, like the third play of the season or whatever was a good catch. And then the punt return. But like outside that, there was very little times you're like, oh, wow, like that's why they took him in the first round. I would say over the last five or six practices, there's one play a day where you're like, okay, that's why they took him in the first round. Like, he's he's winning one-on-ones. He won them against Eagles corners. He won them against Patriots corners. And he's doing that with, with good route running. Like, you can see him winning at the line of scrimmage and getting the space he needs to then go make the catch. And then when it is contested, he's bringing those catches down. And, you know, he had the one one-handed catch that obviously was – a crazy catch, you know, the best ca- best catch I've seen at camp since his last one-handed touchdown he had about a week ago, right? So he's been making these catches semi-routinely considering how crazy they are. But then he also caught a 50-yard pass down the left sideline, which isn't as exciting as a play as a one-handed catch, but I think in some ways is, is more encouraging. Like, he beat the cornerback, got deep, there was safety help, the safety got over there. Jalen Hurts hit him with a perfect pass right over the fingertips, and he, he held on to it, brought it in, and went in for the touchdown. So, like, he's doing things. It's not just gadget plays with him anymore. It's not just jet sweeps. It's not bubble screens. It's, J, it's Jalen Rager beat his cornerback and got open down the sideline. And I really think confidence – like, you can see him starting to get confident again. Last year, again, Justin Jefferson, right? All that stuff. And, look, we've talked about Rager, how we feel about, you know, like how he handled it, about – you know how he was last year, but there's also I think you would agree with me uh, another fair part of it that's like this dude is 23 years old or whatever however old he is, and I'm sure that was really hard to go go through. And now that I watch him in camp now, thinking back to last year, like I think his confidence was maybe a bit shattered. And now you see him making these plays routinely. I mean, after he made that one-handed touchdown catch, like I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but he yelled and was very let's just say like excited and expressing confidence in himself after making that catch, right? Like, he was he was feeling himself. And I think that's important. Like, you can see that he's starting to feel more and more like he belongs and more and more like he can do the things that he did in college. So it's just, tre- it's just, you know, the preseason, like, all those caveats. But for the first time over the last few days, I started to say to myself, like, we might be wrong about Jalen Riker.
1: Well, that's awesome, obviously. I mean, it— <laughs> I think every Eagles fan should want Jalen Rager to be awesome. I mean, he's here. They drafted him, like, best-case scenario, he's good. And, look, we've talked a lot about, especially at that position at wide receiver, th- this is a very common thing where players struggle as a rookie, even struggle in their second year or whatever, and then figure it out, you know, and, and especially at that position more than any other. You know, I think the reason we had been so so down on him is that, like you said, there just weren't glimpses. Like, we didn't see – Anything that said, oh, that's why that guy was a first-round pick. So to see those things now is is great. That's exactly what you want from Rager. I still need to see him do it in games. I need to see him carry this training camp preseason time into the season and, and flash and do the things you talked about, which is what you've asked for, right? I mean, how many times have you talked about, I want to see Jalen Rager win one-on-ones. I want to see him beat guys. I don't want to just see gadget plays or, or them get him open. I want to see him get himself open. And that's huge, man. That's huge. And if that's going to continue into the season and when when games matter and and the coverage is real and all that, that could be massive for this team because we both think Devontae Smith is going to be good. So, I mean, like if Jalen Riker's good, like – and Quez Watkins, I mean, you know, I think we're all excited about what that guy could be. I mean, all of a sudden it could be something where we looked at this team and looked at this particular position, and we've talked a lot about a veteran receiver, this and that, whatever, like where all of a sudden not only is something potentially not a weakness – but it could be one of the in terms of young players for the future, somehow could maybe even spin into a strength for the future, the way these guys are playing, if they can carry it over and and, and obviously all three of those guys be what we think or what we're seeing now that they can be in the regular season. I mean, it's really exciting, Elliot. I, I really again I need more. It's been a week, you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely, you know, fawn over Reger because of one week, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited about Jalen Reger for the first time as an eagle ever. So that's good. So,
2: who are you more excited to say you're sorry to, Jalen Rager or Howie Roseman?
1: <laughs> Jalen Rager. <laughs> okay, all
2: right. We'll keep track of where you're. Excited
1: Howie is, is not the word I would use for the the Howie apology, if it comes someday. Uh, all right, before we get to number three, Elliot, let me remind everyone, as we usually do, on the Parks Pigs Pod. That they should be using the Park Sportsbook app. The app is so fun. It's so intuitive. It's easy to use. Elliot and I have been having a blast, like, nonstop. The vast majority of our conversations when we're not on the podcast are about what we're betting on and how much fun the app is. And, and you could do anything and everything with it. Parlays, props, teasers, obviously parlays. Let me mention that one again. We love our parlays oh, yes. here. We will be giving you our parlays during the football season. You can bet on that individual player performances, live in-game betting, and Elliot... I think everyone here, like we're talking Eagles. I don't think people really care about that. They want to know how the first weekend of soccer betting go. It's uh,
2: back. It was, man, it was, it was good. I, I almost hit, <laughs> uh, I I almost hit on a parlay that had I hit it, I would have won like $900. Oh, so I was feeling God. good about it. Oh, yeah. buddy. I know. here's just a perfect example. All right. So home underdogs, remember home underdogs are what we like in soccer. There was six last weekend that were home underdogs, at least six. I wrote down that I thought, you know, had like even a small chance. If you would have bet a hundred dollars on each of those home underdogs, you would have won almost $600 last weekend. Like home underdogs are where it's at. So Good first weekend, very exciting games, and uh, I just can't wait for next weekend. Already, like, scouting ahead. So I don't have my picks in front of me yet. I will give them to you at some point. But I'm very much looking forward to this weekend again.
1: Awesome. Awesome. You bet on soccer, baseball, uh, football, coming up, futures. Uh, You can bet on these preseason games right now. New England, a a one-and-a-half point favorite, Elliot. What do you make of that?
2: (sighs) You know, I'm conflicted because on one hand, I do think – the Eagles are going to win. The Eagles have, that's the other takeaway too, is like their roster is better than the Patriots roster, like flat out, like all the talk about, you know, the Eagles have one of the worst rosters in the league. Like, well, if if that's the case and the Patriots have also one of the worst rosters. So I actually think I would take the Eagles minus one and a half.
1: Wow. I love it. I think I would too. Actually, I don't, I don't think Sirianni loses this one. And, um, I think that the, the practice week carries over, And again, that's the fun thing is you can bet on anything and everything. And like we always say, it just having a little action, a little money, even a few bucks on a game, it just makes that game so much more fun to watch. We're going to watch the games anyway. So here's the deal: if you sign up now, your first bet is risk free up to five hundred dollars. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash pa and use our promo code GoBirds. That's G O B I R D S to get your first bet risk free up to five. $100 risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, number three on the Sexy Six.
2: All right. They're all positive. And so we'll talk at the end about how they're all positive. Hence
1: the Sexy Six.
2: Yes. Number three, the Eagles' defense looked really good. Now, I think this one you can definitely look and say the Patriots' offense is going to be very bad. Like... Cam Newton doesn't look good. They don't have a ton of weapons. Nelson Aguilar actually looked pretty good. And I do think the Patriots offense might be better when there's tackling. You can run the ball. But ultimately, the Patriots offense didn't look good. But the Eagles defense continues to look really good. And I think the biggest takeaway on that, the fact they might be legit, is that Jalen Hurts has looked only okay slash bad when he's played them. And then he looked really good against the Steelers. He looked really good against the Patriots. So he's played three defenses over the past three weeks. And the only one he hasn't looked good against was the Eagles, who also made the Patriots look bad. So I think that, you know, the evidence is starting to stack up. I mean, there was a point in the red zone where the Eagles held the Patriots that every snap was within the 20. They were, you know, somewhere at the 20, somewhere at the 15, but every snap was within the 20. And it was 14 straight plays before the Patriots scored a touchdown. Like, and they they were just checking it down all the time. I mean, Kayvon Wallace even was kind of like trash talking Cam Newton and saying, calling them the check down King. Like, and I don't know if that's their offense, if their plan is just to have three yard completions all season, but assuming that's not their, their plan, like the Eagles didn't let, didn't let them get anything going. Um, So it was just a, a very encouraging uh, showing from the defense and Patriots. To your point, Patriots writers like agreed with that. Patriots writers were writing the first day, how bad the the Patriots offense looked.
1: Wow. This uh, look uh, again, you know me; it's hard for me to to get too excited from preseason joint camp stuff. Like I always, I'm a little more leery of of jumping in until I see this stuff in real games. But I do think there is reason for excitement with the defense. Like obviously, it's it's all the people have talked about in terms of of the excitement during the uh, training camp period and all that type of stuff. Everyone's in on it. Everyone loves Jonathan Gannon and all that. So I am excited. I really am. I just, I need to see it in some real games before I'm like all in on this defense. And I, I do still worry about the depth as I have, you know, I think, you know, that's one of the things I brought up to you in that, that when you look at that preseason game, you do worry about how the Eagles starters look so good. And then it just fell off a cliff after that. I do worry if there are injuries at some key positions, but I'm excited. I'm I'm
2: cautiously optimistic
1: about the defense.
2: Look, I'm telling you right now, like, this is my lock of the century. The Eagles are beating the Falcons in week one and they're scoring over 30 points. Like I'm I'm telling you right now, like it is happening week one. Okay. Okay. We'll do the preview pod week one. We'll go over all of it. But if you're a real one and you're listening, you're getting it now. The Eagles are beating the Falcons in week one and they're scoring over 30. I love
1: it, man. I love it. I love it. All right. What's number four.
2: All right. The running back rotation is really starting to come into shape. So Earlier, uh, probably on this pod, but I definitely wrote about it and uh, I, I tweeted about it. Like, early in camp, Boston Scott and Miles Sanders were, were pretty much splitting splitting touches. Like, uh, Miles Sanders was getting more snaps, but in terms of targets and carries, it was kind of like 60-40, 55-45. 40, like, Scott was really involved. And part of that was, you know, I, Miles was dropping the ball. And, and the drop issues continue for him. But against the Patriots, it was pretty much hundred percent miles Sanders like he was getting I would say 80 percent 90 percent of the carries against the first team defense he probably got 80 or 90 percent of the targets in the passing game and then after that Boston Scott was involved but Kenny Gainwell was also a big part I thought like he he got I I'd have to go back and look but I would say at least like three or four targets with the first team offense against the Patriots first team defense um And then they cut carry on Johnson. So obviously he's not making the team. Uh, So I think Jordan Howard is going to be making the roster. Maybe they'll keep Jason Huntley, but I think the four running backs that are actually going to be like getting the ball are miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, like kind of tied and then Jordan Howard fourth. But I think he could get some carries to kind of spell Sanders every once in a while. So the running back rotation is coming into shape. I think it's going to be a good one, but the miles Sanders drops like do continue. And, I just don't know what you do about it. Like, Sirianni's talked about how he's coaching him up. Um, You know, obviously, I I think Miles is working hard. Like, I don't think this is, you know, a situation where he wants to be dropping the ball. But he had drop issues in college. He had drop issues last year, and he's having drop issues now. So maybe it'll improve, maybe it won't. But I think they're just going to have to live with it and hope that his drops never come at a a crucial time.
1: Yeah, that's really something to watch because, you know, if they want to be – um, you know, versatile in that offense and the way they use these guys, you know, these guys are gonna have to be able to catch the ball, especially Miles. You know, Jordan Howard, I think everyone knows, isn't gonna catch. And I'm actually really surprised he's gonna make the team, or at least it looks that way. I was uh, the carry on Johnson thing that he got hurt, so I, I get it. Um, but I, I am really surprised that Jordan H- Howard looks like he is on the inside track to make this team. Uh, but regardless, Miles Sanders to be the back they want him to be, to be as versatile and as useful as he is, he's gonna have to be able to catch the ball. So, yeah, it's a it's a big one. I I am still uh, since they drafted him still very excited about Kenny Gamewell. I can't see can't wait to see what that guy has to bring and I do think it's going to be an important part of the offense. Like they're going to have to be able to move the ball on the ground. They're going to have to be able to hit their running backs for yardage in the passing game. So, it's going to be fascinating to watch Sanders and how he goes here cuz he is the most talented of the group. He has the the highest upside of the group. But if he can't do mm-hmm. this one simple thing, it's going to hold him back.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think it's just something you're going to have to live with because when the ball is in his hand, he is the most dynamic running back they have. Like, Boston Scott might have better hands, but he's just, and Boston Scott's, you know, decent, but like, he's just not Miles Sanders with the ball in his hand. Kenny Gainwell maybe could get there, but what's been interesting about watching him is, He's not like the lightning quick back that I thought he was going to be. He's kind of more like sturdy and like thicker than I expected. And he's still fast, but he's just not like lightning, lightning quick. So his game's just a little different than I expected. But I think it's still going to get be Miles Sanders. My tweet about Miles Sanders and Boston Scott splitting touches like blew up the fantasy football world. So if you're listening like, and you're a fantasy football player – like miles is going to touch the ball a lot and i'm not going to clarify the tweet on twitter because i let all the basic people get screwed over by my bad tweet but like look at you to the to the go birds listeners
1: moving fantasy football lines influencing draft strategy the one the only elliot short parks
2: i'm I'm just sitting there on the couch like thinking looking at my training camp stats i'm like oh this is kind of interesting and i tweeted it and next thing i know like three fantasy football sites had aggregated it. Amazing. So, it was interesting night. But yeah, Miles Sanders is going to touch the ball a lot. Just that's pretty clear.
1: Okay. Uh what's number 5?
2: So, before camp, a, a lot of like the questions about this team were obviously with Nick Sirianni, but also like how would he compare to Doug? How would he compare to Chip? I mean, I guess Andy as well, but that's, you know, like 10 years ago. Now, 8 8 or 9 years ago at this point. So, how would he be like different than the other two coaches? And now that I've got a chance to watch Sirianni a bunch, I think what really stands out to me on the difference between him and Doug is, so Doug Doug was an NFL head coach and football coach because he he liked football, but because he was a former quarterback. Like, he was in the league long enough that he was, he was able, you know, he played with Brett Favre and all those things, so people were like, all right, we'll hire you as a coach. And then he did do a good job. Obviously, he won the Super Bowl. But watching Sirianni, like, Siriani is a football coach. Doug Peterson was an NFL quarterback that was coaching. Sirianni is a coach. Like you can tell, and because he didn't have a playing career, right? He played in college, I guess, a little, if I I remember correctly, but like never played in the NFL like Doug did. Like he worked his way up by coaching. Nick, Nick got where he where he is now by making players better. And you can see how that happens. Now Will he be able to call a game on Sunday? Will he be able to scheme and out-scheme other people? I don't know the answers to that, right? Like, we'll see. But I can really see, like, his hands-on approach to coaching and his passion for it, like, really come across the more you watch him. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that when you go through the receiver depth chart, Devontae Smith has looked really good. Jalen Reger's looked really good. Quez Watkins has looked really good. J.J. arcega look has looked really good. Uh, the undrafted receiver Osmond has looked really good. Really, the only receiver that hasn't looked way better than expected is Travis Fulgham, and even he's only been okay. Now, I'd still sign a veteran guy because you have to see if they do it in the regular season. But I don't think it's coincidence that Nick Sirianni spending so much time with these receivers is is paying off, and I've just been very impressed by by him overall. And it's clear like how he got to where he is.
1: Yeah, look, I um, you know, I've been all in on the. Sirianni coaching thing for a while, as we've talked about many times and the way he talks about it, the way he comes from a teaching background. Yep. I, I love all that stuff. And and to your specific point, Ray Dinger said the exact same thing on the air today, talking about how Sirianni is like nitty gritty with these receivers. Like he's watching their routes. He's getting in. He's correcting them as they go. And how like Ray thinks the receivers are going to be better this year just because of that, just because Nick Sirianni is coaching them the way he's coaching them. So I think it's a great point and I, and I think particularly your point of and and Doug obviously did a great job here he won a freaking Super Bowl but I think the point of comparing and contrasting the two the idea of going from Doug who has this style you know NFL player understands players understands you know what they need and all that but like isn't out there like coaching you know like in people's faces in people's you know grabbing people when they run a route and saying no 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 do this do this do this I think going from Doug to Sirianni is going to be a really good transition for this team because they need that. They needed that stuff. They needed the fundamental stuff. And I think that it's a a good moment for Sirianni. Again, to your point, we still have to see that he can call a game. We still have to see that he can handle a squad on game day and do all these other things. But from the the coaching, the specific coaching the players on the techniques and fundamentals of football, I think he's going to be really, really good at that.
2: And I think looking back at Doug – like Doug was a great coach again because of his feel for the game on Sunday and, and all those things. But I never got the sense that Doug was like a burn the midnight oil type of guy. Like I don't think Doug was like sleeping at the office and I'm not saying you should sleep at the office, but I feel like Sirianni is it's just a very different vibe is really how I can say it. And, it, and it's been impressive and I can see it working. And again, I'm guaranteeing a win in week one. So I do think Sirianni going to start off good, but like, over time we he be able to out people. I don't know, but he clearly is a very good coach.
1: I love that. You're already, you're already guaranteeing a week one win. We are, yeah, we are bringing lock. it. Yeah. Yes. A lock. I love it. All right. The six one. You ready? of the sexy six. Yes.
2: All right. So I don't know if I'm just blind or I, I, I don't know what's happening, but what I do know is I just don't see any holes on this team. like, When I look at the roster, like, yes, the depth, maybe the depth isn't great. And like, but all every NFL team, like very few NFL teams have super deep rosters, but like watching this team now, watching him against the Patriots and watching them, like, like there's spots they could fill with like a veteran receiver and like these type of things. And like, if Rodney's not healthy, but like, I don't see a unit on the team where I go, they're going to be a major problem. Like the offensive line has looked good. The linebackers have looked really good. We talked about the receivers. Jalen Hurts has looked good. The cornerbacks have been really good. The running back looks good. The tight ends both look both look great. And like, again, it's preseason, all those things. But like I just don't see the holes on the roster that I expected to see. Even someone that thought they were going to be better was willing to, well, me and you would talk about it. We'd say, all right, you know, they don't have like, you know, a top 15 roster or whatever. But like I just, I don't see a lack of talent on their roster.
1: Wow. Look at you.
2: You're, you're, you're
1: all in. You're ready. I'm all in,
2: man. I'm all in.
1: Yeah. I'm I, all in. Look, I, I get what you're saying. I think, and we've talked about, it. I think they did a nice job of plugging the glaring holes on the roster. You know, Steven Nelson, most recently a perfect example of that, but I still worry about the depth. I know that you kind of say like, Oh, well, every team has doesn't have depth. I, I think that the Eagles have particularly bad depth per- personally, so I do. I am definitely do a corner. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. If the you know injuries at specific spots could really derail them. But look, I, again, I think they've done a nice job of putting the roster together, considering the restraints they had this off season, The you know the dead money, all these different things, the salary cap issues they had to try and get right. Yeah, I think they did a nice job. I'm just not. I'm not as gung ho as you are, but I definitely think they are. Look, when when the off started, I said they're going to be a four win team, a five win team. I'm up. You know, I, I was at six, seven. I'm like seven now, for sure, like seven. And maybe by the time the season starts, maybe a nudge me up to eight or nine. Like I doubt nine, but I definitely I'm much more optimistic about the roster now than I was at the start of the off season. And you know how he deserves credit for that, for sure.
2: Yeah. So I, I don't think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, right? I just that You're that'll sure. You're getting pretty excited. Comment. You're sure, but. but- <laughs> But I know, but like, I do feel the same way about this team as I did prior to 2017, just in the way that I think the quarterback's going to be good. And I think that the roster's better than people expect. Like, in 2017 turned into something completely different. But my point is, watching the team in training camp in 2017, I feel that way about it in the way that they're going to surprise a lot of people. I freaking love it.
1: I love it. And look, what I will say is, it does seem like a lot of the people who cover this team. You know, people who are not looking to to say it for any reason other than it's what they think. A lot of people who cover the team feel the same way, it seems like. it seems And like, they're coming uh, around, honestly, yeah.
2: not to toot my own horn, but they're coming around to what I've said a lot. Yeah, season. look, like a lot of people are. And, you know. Yeah,
1: like uh, John Clark on the Midday Show today said the exact, you know, he's like eight, nine wins, like that range, you know. Ray Dinger, Ray Dinger had him there. Yep, yeah. Ray Dinger said the same thing. He's like, they're going to be better than people think, so... A lot of smart football people who watch this team are telling you that. I, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm moving your way, buddy. I really am. Like uh, you'll get there. You'll get there. I'll get there. But all right, quickly before we get out of here, though, it has been a, a a purely positive edition of Go Birds, uh, of the Go Birds pod. But we do have one negative thing that happened today, or at least we found yes. out about it today. Um, it is a bummer. Uh, and now maybe it does actually help them from a roster construction standpoint and keeping him. Um, but, but the Tyree Jackson injury broken, a fractured bone his back out at least eight to 10 weeks. It seems Uh, a bummer because he was one of the, uh, exciting guys at camp. Elliot,
2: Yeah. And I actually think it it complicates things in some ways from a roster building standpoint, because so now, all right, so it's eight to 10 week with a fractured back. So, you know, obviously hope he feels better and he heals up because he was having a great camp, but like strictly from a roster building standpoint. So the Eagles have to decide now. If they put him on IR right now, he's out for the year and he can't practice. So they 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 control his rights until next year, but like he's out for the year. But if they do that, they then don't have to keep him on the 53 roster, 53 man roster through cutdown. Cuz the new rule now is in order for him to go on IR after the cutdowns, he has to be carried through to the through the first 53. So if the Eagles carry him through the 53, to me that means they think he's going to contribute this year. Cuz if you didn't think he was going to contribute this year, but you still really liked his potential, you just IR him. You own him for the whole year. You let him get healthy. You know, you have uh, Goddard and Ertz for this season. And then next year, you really expect him to take a big step and to be a contributing player. So if they keep him on the 53, to me, that says that they are they expect him to, like, play in games this year. And I think that there's a good chance he will because he has looked good. But from a roster standpoint, like what they do, will give us a big indication on how they really feel about him.
1: Yeah, that's a really fascinating point. And look, maybe it's not what they feel about him. Maybe they say there's no way he's back in in ten weeks. We want to keep him. It's smarter to IR him. I could see that possibly, whatever. But either way, uh, it is uh, it's a shame because it did seem like you know, kind of a breakout potential guy for this team and, and for the fan yeah. base, um, shut down. It's a shame. Uh, let's hope he gets healthy and comes back soon. Um, all right, we are going to be back again. You are getting a lot of us this week as we are going to be on WIP tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Then again on Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Then again on Saturday, one to three, mm. like normal. And you're going to hear all these shows in the feed. So you got like way more of us coming this week, which is great.
2: Yeah, so the there will not be an initial post-game pod. The post-game pod will be the Friday show. Yes. So you'll, get, we are be, you'll have to wait a few more hours, but you'll get four hours. You'll
1: get way so more of it, yes. You'll get like four times what it would have been initially. So right. it'll be good. Right. It'll be good. Um, all right, Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
2: No, because I'm going to save all my final thoughts yes. for the next 10 hours of content Yes. We have so, yes, yeah. awesome. But it'll be good. I'm happy you're back.
1: It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun. Check us out. We taking calls call us 215-592-9494 we love pod listeners calling in so if you call us tomorrow friday saturday we will be there you can get in get on the line and we'll definitely be talking obviously leading up to the game tomorrow and then of course reacting to it on friday and saturday as well um and uh, my final thought is i had a blast this weekend it was awesome but i am super happy to be back and i'm super ready to roll like it Elliot, it finally feels like go time. Like, I can taste football yeah. season right now. So, I'm
2: pretty pumped. I mean, it's pretty much here. It's pretty much here, it's so. here. And then they practice against the Jets next week. So, like, those will be, we'll have a bunch of content Just that week, action. too. So like we got all kinds up. of action yeah.
1: for you. It's going to be awesome. So, check us out tomorrow. Check us out Friday. Check us out Saturday and then beyond. So, until then, he's Elliot and James. We'll talk to you soon.